Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. It's just been so um, brilliant being here. I've known Alan for a few years, um, Alan Emerson, through a gathering that he comes to in Windsor um, that I got invited to, that Pete Gregg um, runs. And I was just one of those people you just look across the room and you think, I'd love to hang out with you, but I'm not sure you'd want to talk to me. And, uh, and we just got to know each other through that. And then, yeah, Alan invited me to come over. I was like, I don't even need to pray about this. I just want to come and be around and connect and learn and be part of this community. And it's just been an utter joy being here. And it feels like being at home. This feels like the community that I'm part of. Just the love and the joy and the sense of the presence of God and the friendliness and the warmth and all of that is just fabulous. So thank you. I just want to remind you this morning how loved you are by God. You know, there's an occasion in the Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, and you think in all the things, he writes some prayers at the beginning of the letter. And you think he could write all these prayers for them, you know, that they would see incredible breakthrough, or they'd see, you know, loads of people saved, or loads of people healed, or, you know, the gospel going all sorts of places. And he simply says this, I pray that you might have grace, you might have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long, and high, and deep is the love of God in Christ Jesus. And he knows that if they know the love of God, then everything else is going to sort itself out. And uh, so often, I think, just the busyness of life, we take our eyes off the love of God, and we forget we're loved by God. And we start to replace that with all sorts of other things, and we even start to do our faith a different way. I want to remind us this morning that you are saved by grace through faith in Jesus. Amen. Amen. You're saved by grace. Grace means it's a gift. It means you didn't do anything to deserve it. It wasn't that you were good enough or you read your Bible enough or you prayed enough or you came to church enough or you were nice enough or, or you were anything enough. The, the, the message of the gospel is that you weren't enough. That all of us have fallen short of God's standard. All of us have sinned. But God comes to us in grace. He gives us a gift, and that gift is not an idea or a concept. He's himself. He came in human flesh. He came as Jesus. And he died in our place. He died for my sin. He died for your sin. He died for the brokenness in our world. He died for the pain and the injustice and the suffering. He died for all of it so that we might be reconciled to God, so that there might be a way for us to know God again, for us to be joined to him. And we're saved by faith in that Jesus. God even gives us the gift of faith. We don't even have that of ourselves. And we're saved by grace through faith in Jesus. And I sense God wants to remind us of that again this morning. Some of us have slipped into trying to earn our salvation again. I need to try harder. 
I need to be better. Sometimes I meet people who come to our church for the first time and they say, I'm going to try really hard this week to be a better person. And I'm like, good luck with that. <laughs> good luck with that. Have you ever tried to have the perfect day where you don't think anything wrong or say anything wrong or do anything wrong? I don't normally manage until the point that my feet hit the floor as I get out of bed. We can't do it, but he can do it in us and through us. And I want to just speak that over us this morning. You are loved by God. The creator of the universe, the maker of heaven and earth, knows you. He loves you. He sees you. Maybe you've even come this morning because you just come out of a sense of like, well, this is just what I do. I just come to church in the morning and that's part of my routine and part of my cycle and then I'll go off and do the rest of the day and the rest of the week and then next Sunday I'll be here again. I sense God wants to break you out of that cycle and say, no, he loves you. He doesn't just want your attendance, he wants you. He doesn't just want you for this hour and a half on a Sunday. No, he wants you. And he wants to save you and he wants to change you and he wants to give you purpose and meaning in your life. And he wants to transform you, not by the, from the outside by giving you a set of rules and regulations, but from the inside by putting his Holy Spirit in you. He'll change you and actually make you want to do stuff. You know, we don't do stuff for God in order to earn his love. No, because we have his love in us, we do stuff for God. And there's a world of difference between those two. You're not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. Because we've encountered Jesus, because he's come into our lives, then we do our lives differently. But it's that way around. Law tries to transform you from the outside and say, do this and don't do this and live like this and don't live like this. Grace comes in and says, hey, because I've done this for you, you're now free to live differently. And I just sense God would speak over us. You're so loved. Why don't you just turn to the person next to you and say, God loves you more than you know. God loves you. Even in your brokenness, God knows your sin. God knows your shame. God knows all the stuff that's going on in you. And he loves you. He loves you in the midst of it all. He loves you in your rebellion. He loves you in your anger. He loves you in all those things that you think that you think he doesn't know about and nobody else knows about. He loves you. And he wants us to live out of his love and live in response to his love for us. And my prayer for you today is Paul's prayer that you might have power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of God for you. For this beautiful girl who led worship and played keys, just sense God speaking over you. I don't know, I just sense you might be a bit of a, bit of a, a turning point in your life and some choices ahead of you. And just almost like two different ways to go. And, you know, one way is the way that God wants you to go and another way is maybe isn't bad, but isn't going to take you away from what you know God is calling you to. And God says he loves you. I don't know if this makes any sense, but he says he loves you and he sees you and you've got this beautiful smile and this beautiful, but he loves you even in the broken bits of you, even in the bits here that you wouldn't want anyone to know about and anyone to see, even in the thoughts and some of the shame and some of the stuff that goes on on the inside. He sees that and he loves you and he loves you in the midst of it and 
He loves that you do this for him, but it doesn't make him love you anymore. You're loved anyway. You know, grace says there's nothing that you can do that will make God love you anymore. And in fact, there's nothing that you can do that will make God love you any less. He just loves you. And our choice is just how do we respond to that love? Do we step into it? Do we enter it? Or do we rebel and move away from it? So there's this young man down here with the, I can't remember what supermarket top you've got on. Don't know if that's just like a trendy thing to wear nowadays or whether you're going to work later. I just sense God wants you for himself. And you live in a world that has so many like competing pressures and so much peer pressure on you to go another way. But God says he wants you. He wants you as his and he wants you to live for him and for his glory and for his fame. And if you want another life that is fully life, then live for him. Choose him. But not because you're in a community or a family that tells you that's what you ought to do, but because you know that God is for you. And he has the best possible plan for your life. And maybe some of us this morning have fallen out of love with God and feel like we're not living in that love anymore. We've become dutiful and we've become like it's just a slog and we just keep going. And and God wants to come this morning and, and just refresh us and renew us again. Here's a letter to the different churches in the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible. And one of the letters is to the church in a place called Ephesus. And they're doing brilliant stuff. There's all this amazing stuff going on for God in the church. But God comes and says, I hold one thing against you. You've lost your first love. He says, repent and do the things you did at first. And some of you were in love with Jesus and were living for him, but you've just got into that cycle of duty and this is just what I do. And God wants you to break out of that again and and know him all over again. And live for him all over again. And serve him all over again, not out of a heart of duty, but out of a heart of love and just responding to his love for you. And God's promise is that that love enters our hearts and our spirits and our souls. Then that love is not just a bucket. We're not just buckets that hold on to God's love, but it flows through us into the world around us. And God wants to use us and take us to transform the world that we live in. And I love the stuff that's happening here. I had a privilege of wandering around your clothes store, pantry, whatever it was. Just so fantastic. Just want to commend anybody who's involved in that. Just the grace and the dignity and the, that it speaks to people as they must walk in there and then just be able to choose clothes that they could never afford to buy. And not like cheap clothes, but really nice clothes and really nice stuff. But God is calling us every one of us to be people who just take the love of God to those around us. See Laura down here. And uh, Laura just leading worship here on Friday and then learn about what she's involved in and what God's done through her. And this amazing network of counselling that's happening all around the nation in schools and different places and just motivated by the love of Jesus. And the desire to see people's hearts changed and moved. And, and God wants to do that in different ways through all of us. It might not be setting up a huge organization. It might be just you in your school or you in your university or you in your job or you with our neighbors or you with your family. Just telling them about how you've encountered the love of Jesus. And none of this is in the notes. 
Yeah, I was going to bring a message on Joshua, Joshua chapter 1. And uh, I've always felt it's a huge verse for me. Um, I've always felt like the most unlikely leader in the world. Um, I don't know, do you, do you do that thing at primary school here where you play football in the playground and two kids get to pick the teams? Does that happen here? Yeah. And uh, it was always like the two most popular kids got to pick the teams. I was never that kid. I was the kid who was just hoping they weren't going to have the humiliation of being the one left at the end that nobody else wanted. Anyone else relate to that? Anyone else ever feel like that kid? And um, 15 years ago, um, my background's in electronics and chip design and all that sort of stuff. And 15 years ago, God called me into leading the church that I'm now leading. And uh, we've been part of the church for 17 or 18 years and loved it and loved what God was doing there, but I had no intention of stepping into leading it. And, uh, and no sense that I was able to lead it. I just thought, like, this is mad. You know, it was a church of four or five hundred people, and why would you put someone in charge of a church of four or five hundred people who's never even led a church with five people in it? And I didn't feel like a leader. I still don't feel like a leader. I'm waiting for the day somebody comes in and like, just calls me out as this imposter. and like, what are you doing here? I don't know if anyone else feels like that. No. Okay, just me. <laughs> and I'd stand back and, you know, over the last 15 years, we've just seen God do amazing things and work in amazing ways. And, and I just go, it's all God. You know, God can do amazing things through us when we just give ourselves to him. And we're now a church on four sites and all sorts of stuff going on and planted churches and all. And I just look back and go, God, I have no idea how this happened other than that you did it. And the Bible says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And the passage that you're working your way through at the moment, Joshua, is a passage that has spoken deeply into me. And at the beginning of leading the church, I took over from somebody who led our church for 43 years. They were like a proper leader. I called Ben Davis. If he was here now, he would be striding up and down this platform. You know, he was a Welsh revivalist. He'd have been red in the face if he'd have been exhorting you. I couldn't be more different to him. He was like a proper leader. And I sit on a stool and chat. And I felt, I think it's a bit of Joshua must have felt. You know, Joshua took over from a guy called Moses, who was a big dog leader. And he'd led the whole nation of Israel out of Egypt in a situation that seemed impossible. And then he'd led them through the desert for 40 years and kept them going and kept them alive. And he was like a proper leader. And then Joshua, his assistant, his like PA, is about to take over. And Joshua chapter 1, God gives a, a commissioning to Joshua. And I felt God spoke so clearly through this passage to me as I took on leading Kareth. And it's a passage that stayed with me like the whole way through. And I, I just keep coming back to it and keep coming back to it. And I just, in the next eight minutes, want to compress my entire sermon into four things that I think God would speak to us and speak to you as a community from Joshua that I think God wants to remind you of. One of the things it says in the, these opening nine verses God says this to Joshua, keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night, then you will be successful. And we can think, well, study the Bible, 
It's a really cool thing to do. I'm doing like an MA in theology at the moment. I, I went 12 years through leading our church with no idea of, in terms of like training to actually read the Bible. Or I did read the Bible, okay, but no formal theological training. But um, it's saying much more than just read your Bible a lot. It's saying no Jesus, because Jesus is the Word. John 1, in the beginning was the Word. I love how you guys say that. The Word. <laughs> In the beginning was the, and the, was God, and the word, sorry, I ruined that, didn't I? (laughs) And if you want to achieve anything in your life, whoever you are, you know, whether you're a teacher, or you're in healthcare, or you're a business person, or you're a builder, or you're working in a shop, or you're a stay-at-home parent, or you're retired, or you're at university, or you're college, the way you do that is by keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. John 15, Jesus says, remain in me and I'll remain in you. Remain in me and you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And I want to encourage each one of you, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Live your whole lives for him. Make doing his will in your lives your highest desire. You can enjoy all the other stuff. Jesus loves it when we, Newcastle United, win football matches and... We go on great holidays and we enjoy nice things. Jesus is not against any of that, but he says, hey, our highest desire, our highest calling must be him and his will in our lives. And if we do that, we will bear much fruit. And it might not look like the the way that the world would define fruit, but it'll be the way that God defines fruit in our lives. And we might never sit on platforms, we might never be famous, we might never see any of that, but God says, hey, you can bear much fruit. Just stay in me. Secondly, one of the things it's spoken to me about is, is how do we like, decide what to do in life? How do we find the will of God? And uh, I think God does two things with Joshua. I think he gives him a big picture of what's going to happen. You're going to take over the nation. There's this whole nation that I want to give to you and I want your people to inhabit it. And there's this big picture. But then all God gives Joshua of like, what he does is just the next step. I don't know if you ever feel like you want the whole plan. Anyone here ever want the whole plan? just me again (laughs) anyone ever feel like you want to know all the steps I want to know this and then this is going to happen and then I'm going to do this and then this and then this and then this and then this one of the things I come to realize is that all God ever gives us is the next step and he just says take that step as boldly and confidently as you can and then I'll show you the next one and uh, we bid on a last year bid on a, a, a warehouse that we bought at auction and Came up on the bidding website, you've won. And then we're like, okay, we've got to find a million pounds in the next four weeks. And we hadn't really worked out quite how we were going to do that. But we'd taken the step we felt God called us to. And then we went, okay, well, now we know what the next step is. Where's a million quid from? And we found a million quid from somewhere. It was like under someone's sofa or something. And, <laughs> and I want to challenge you, like, don't try and have a big plan for your life. Because most of the stuff you map out will never happen. I think it was Mike Tyson that said that no plan lasts beyond being hit in the face. (laughs) And and we can make all these plans, but what you find is that pretty quickly they unravel because life happens and stuff happens and things that you worried about and things that you wrestled with just become irrelevant. And I want to remind you that's all Joshua did. 
And sometimes he got ahead of himself. So if you know the story, God shows them how to get into the promised land and they, he touches his staff and the waters open up and they walk through and then God says, here's Jericho. And God shows him how to defeat Jericho. And then what happens is Joshua thinks he's on a bit of a roll. And he goes, well, there's the next city. I will just go and take that. And if you know the story, it goes catastrophically wrong because he's taken a step that God hasn't called him to take. In fact, if you go back to Moses, Right at the beginning of wandering in the desert, God challenges the people to go into the land. They send in the spies, but 10 of the spies come back with a bad report, and the people refuse to take the step into the land. What happens? They wander for 40 years in the desert. This is what will happen if God calls you to take a step and you don't take it. He'll bring you back to it. Anyone else has experienced this? I've had moments in my life where I've gone, God, I'm not taking that step. I want a different step. And God just goes, no, I'm going to let you just wander around in your own little desert and then I'll bring you back to the same step that I asked you to take before. And until you take that step, I'm not going to show you another step. And they wandered around in the desert and actually the whole nation died in the desert because they weren't willing to take the step. And I just want to challenge some of us this morning, what's the step that God's calling you to? What's the next step? What's the next step for this community? Well, once you discern it, take it with all your might. Just do it with all the abandon that you have, and then don't worry about what the next one is until you've taken it. But I want to encourage you in your personal lives. I sense there are some people today, that's actually exciting. (laughs) Newcastle scored a goal. We're not playing today. (laughs) Some of you, God is challenging you to take a step. And some of it, it's a step away from something that you know is wrong. Maybe you're in a relationship or a friendship that isn't doing you good. Maybe you're sinning in an area of your life and rebelling against God. And God's telling you, hey, stop doing this thing because it's not doing you any good. And your step is to take that step for some of you. But some of you, it's a positive step. Actually, that's a really positive step, but it's a, a step into something. Something people... God asking you to change a career or move to another area. And as God personally challenges us to take those steps, let's take them. Lord, when you said yes to taking on the links, you had no idea what all the steps were going to be. You've just taken the next step. And I just want to assure you as you continue to do that, God's going to do immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine. But it just happens by taking steps. Amen? Amen. So I just want to challenge anyone. Just, is, is that speaking to anyone right now? Anyone in that place? Father, I just pray for these folks who've got... Just keep your hand up. Just help them to discern the next step. Help them to take it with all the boldness that they could muster. Amen. Okay, briefly, two more things. Third thing is this, that, that Joshua's ministry is multi-generational. So he doesn't start from scratch. We live in such an individualistic society that all of us want to go, well, I'm self-made. You know, that nobody gave me anything. My parents didn't give me anything. You know, nobody else gave me anything. I'm entirely self-made. And that's part of the narrative that people like to have in the world today. Joshua stood on the shoulders of giants. He built from what God had already done. And I think in the Christian world, we live in this dangerous place where everyone wants to do their own thing. I want to plant my own church, I want to start my own ministry and just start from scratch so that everyone will know that it's me who made this thing amazing. 
Joshua doesn't do that. He builds on what Moses has already done. He takes a multi-generational approach and Moses is suddenly not around anymore and then Joshua takes it on to another level. Joshua actually does what Moses was unable to do. And I sense for you as a church, Emmanuel Lurgan, God is saying to you, there's another generation coming. And some of you who are in your 20s and 30s and 40s, it's, it's your hour is coming to step in. And you've been led by a generation who've done brilliantly to do all this stuff and build this foundation and all of it. But there's a moment that God is going to call you to step up and step in and take it to another level. And not just maintain everything that's happened in the church here, but take it to levels that, that Phil and the others could never have dreamt of. And they're not going to be threatened by that. They're going to be delighted by that as they watch and see what God does. So I'm just going to ask everyone who's in their 40s and under, stand up very briefly. Cool. I would be standing up now, but I'd be lying. So, so I want the rest of us. I just want to say this is the generation that's going to take this to the next level. This is the generation that's going to take this expression of the people of God to the next level. And I want all of those who are sitting to, to reach out our hands and just say, hey, we speak blessing over these people. And we want to release them to be all that God wants them to be. We don't want to limit them. We don't want to like, say, tell them how they should do it. We want to release them to be God's people for the next step of what God wants to do in this church. So let's just have a burst of 30 seconds. Pray out loud. That's how we do it as a church. Father, we just pray for all these folks who are standing, Lord God, each one of them, Lord God, that you would cause them to rise up and take the next step, Lord God. Rise up and lead. Lord God, cause them to be a Joshua generation, Lord God, that, that would speak so powerfully, Lord God, that would take this church to another level and another level and another level, Lord God, building on the shoulders of the giants who've gone before, building on the foundations that have been laid. Lord God, cause them to take that next, boldly grab hold of this, Lord God, to be that Joshua generation. Amen. Amen. Sit down. And then one final thing that I've learned. These are four leadership principles. The final one is just keep going. You know, there'll be days when you feel terrified and discouraged. Normally they're Mondays for me. Okay? You know, I can have 20 great conversations in our church on a Sunday, but one grumpy person, come Monday morning, that's all I remember. And I'm like, I'm the worst pastor in the world, and I'm just going to resign. I've quite often resigned on Monday mornings. And, uh, you know, there'll be one grumpy email, and I'm just quit. I'm, like, out of here. I just, I'm not doing this anymore. I, I went through a phase of, like, pretty much every Monday morning resigning in my head. And then God spoke these words over me. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and very courageous. And it was really annoying. I found it, I found it really annoying because I'm like, God, I want to be grumpy, and I want to be sad, and I want to be miserable, and I want to just feel like I have a little pity party for myself and just wallow in this for a bit. And God just said, you get a choice what clothes you put on in the morning. And are you going to put on the clothes of fear and discouragement? Or are you going to put on the clothes of strength and courage? And actually, some mornings I needed to take off the clothes that I had on. I go, God, look, this morning I'm feeling really discouraged. I'm feeling really fearful of like this whole thing and whether I can do it and whether it's going the wrong way. And I'm going to take off those clothes of fear and discouragement. And I'm going to put on clothes of courage and strength. 
And God's promise is if you do that, he'll be with you. It's not actually my courage and strength, it's his courage and strength that he chooses to clothe me with. And it won't be easy. The reason Josh told, Josh, God told Joshua, don't be terrified and discouraged, was because there were going to be things that were going to terrify him and discourage him. It would have been important to saying that if it was all just going to be like brilliant. You know, every battle you're going to win, everything's going to be easy, it's all going to be straightforward. He wouldn't need that word, but God knew that he was going to be fearful. God knew that he was going to be discouraged, and God knew that he was going to need that command. Now put on strength, put on courage every day. Every morning when you get off, take off negativity, put on confidence in God. And I just sense there are some who are in that place this morning. And we prayed beautifully for a lady earlier on who just felt for a long time she'd been wearing clothes of fear and discouragement. And it was like she took them off this morning and put on some strength and some courage. And you could just see her face changed, her whole countenance changed, her whole spirit changed. And I just said to some this morning, you've been walking in that for too long. And it's time to step into courage. It's time to lay aside those clothes and that. And yeah. So I'm going to invite the band back up. I know we need to finish. It's okay, is it? Okay, well, I've got a plane to catch soon. But uh, <laughs> that's not okay. But we've got a little while. So I'm going to invite the band back. Let's give them a hand. Are you still talking to me? Yeah. yeah? <laughs> I'm always worried, like, who I've offended. Oh, no, she's gone. <laughs> and uh, I just want to encourage you, like, what's God said to you? What's God said to you from this? This hasn't been the most amazing piece of oratory, but I think there's been some of the, something of the heart of God for you as a community in it. And... Uh, Maybe you're here this morning, maybe you're not yet a follower of Jesus. We had this lady who gave her life to Christ in the first meeting. And uh, maybe that's you right now. You've never actually followed Jesus. Maybe you've been going to church for a long time and going through the motions, but you've never actually gone, no, I'm going to decide to follow Jesus. I'm going to be saved by grace through faith in Jesus. I'm going to put my trust and confidence in him. Maybe this morning is your morning to say, hey, Jesus, I'm going to follow you with all that I have. Maybe God's calling you to a next step and you're going like, what's the next step for me? And maybe you know what that step is and you need to take it with boldness and courage this morning. Maybe you're part of that next generation and you've been like shirking it or maybe part, you're part of the older generation and you're, you, your decision this morning is to release the next generation to really lead and, and, and take the church in different directions and different ways. And maybe this morning you've just come feeling like you're wearing discouragement and fear, and God wants to clothe you in strength and courage. Or maybe God says something completely different. I don't know, but that's what the Holy Spirit does. So I'm going to encourage us to stand. And just respond to God. So there's a number of you, for any one of those, might want to just come out and have some prayer. I'd love it if there were hundreds of people out here, because I think loads of us need to get prayed for this morning and I will find enough prayer team and so I'd encourage you if one of those things has spoken to you and you know that God is really on this I want to encourage you to come out and come down the front we would love to pray for you but maybe you want to respond where you are um, the important thing is that you, you, you respond the Bible tells us don't just be hearers of the word but be doers so whatever God's spoken to you this morning to respond to that respond to his voice to you so yeah if you want to come out come out
I'd love to pray with you. We'd love to pray with you. Otherwise, let's just respond where we are and uh, speak to Jesus. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.